This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. What's going on, man? Not much, man. I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Um, pretty happy. You know, got, got some stuff for the trailer today. Yeah? Feeling good? Feeling Starting to feel more like a home? Yeah, it's uh, slowly coming together, man. Um, pretty excited, pretty excited. So, okay. Last week last week was a bit of a doozy. Um, last several weeks have been a bit of a doozy on this podcast because we were talking about politics, right? Yeah, but on Let's Talk, there's no softball. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're talking about the intersection of faith and culture, yeah, and, and specifically a culture that's against faith, yeah, like, Every conversation is going to be it's going to be trying. It's going to be a struggle. Um, climb aboard the struggle bus, listeners. I mean, like that. It is what it is. Um, true transformation happens in hard conversations. Mm, yeah. Good. Good point. Yeah. And so, like, we're going to have hard conversations on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, that's a excuse me. That's part of our job, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a balance. I mean, having the hard conversations on Let's Talk is one thing, but being encouraged through spiritual practices on practicing presence is a whole different thing. And Like, there's a venue for yeah. that, and we have it. Go mm-hmm. listen to practicing presence. But, like, on Let's Talk, it, there's no softballs. No, yeah, for sure. And uh, also, if you want to hear us BS and drink beer, go listen to find some perspectives. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, well, and that we're just talking about theology and yeah. all the different realms of theology. And the, this podcast is for us to talk about the hard, hard topics. Yeah. Hard topics. I mean, we're going to talk um, about mental health. We're going to talk about social justice. We're going to talk about all the things that you don't want to talk about. We're going to yeah. talk about cancel culture and how it's ruining people. Yeah. So let's, uh, let, so this next series that we're starting, um, it's not as controversial. It's I think not, it's equally controversial. Uh, well, that's true because it it can be um, it can be a bit partisan. Um, not a bit. I mean, it's pretty much partisan. Not always. Not in all scenarios. But so for the, for our listeners, we're we're about to talk about um, creation care. They would know that from the title. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they clicked on the episode. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but basically we're going to be talking about, um, the changes that's happening, right? We're going to be talking about climate change. Should we care as Christians? Yeah. As Christians, should we care? So one thing you got to do is you got to take your, you got to take your mind out of your political worldview because, you know, the right says it's not a thing or minimizes it. The left says it's a big thing and emphasizes it. Yeah. Um, take your hat, take your political hat off. Cause I promise you both of those are about the money. Mm. Like strip that hat off. Like, let's just have an actual conversation about creation care or creation in general and what's happening to it. Uh, isolated in a silo all on its own. Yeah. Um, there is, you know, lots of people that have said through the years that um, in these in these topics that can become um, polarizing, 
um, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think any, any extreme is a dangerous place to be. Absolutely. Um, uh, so you're going to be far better in the middle on anything. You know, it got brought to our attention this weekend that we're pretty hard on fundamentalists. Yeah. And that's probably true. It is our it's heritage. It's not probably true. It yeah. Is true. Well, it, it's our heritage. It's it's the kind of churches we grew up in. And so we can pretty easily identify the problems there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm equally hard on Protestant liberals, um, like not believing in the supernatural, not believing that Jesus is a real person. Like, I feel like I'm equally hard on them, yeah. but um, I really try to be in the middle. Yeah, um, I try to be sensitive to the things that science is bringing to light, but I try to be true to historic orthodoxy and theological conservatism. So I feel like I try to ride that line and maybe in riding that line, I end up being harder on one side than I am on another. Uh, but I do try to ride that line because I believe that principle that if you're an extreme on either end, you've probably missed it. Yeah. It's a dangerous place to be, which by the way, um, we apologize if we've offended anybody for being too hard. Yeah, we do. Now there is something to say that if we have offended them, they're probably not listening to this, which is (laughs) unfortunate. We didn't mean to offend anybody. But if you come back, um, and you're listening to this, we really are sorry if we offended you. Yeah, it was not our intent. No. Um, however, creation care. Yep. Right. Um, we're going to talk about, um, the, the Genesis one. Um, yeah, probably next week we're going to talk about Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah, um, and, and how that's important to the overall narrative. Yep. Um, and we're also going to talk about um, God made you and God made the earth, right? So shouldn't you care about the earth? Yeah, well, in that one, you know, just the, the kind of teaser here is the the thing I get from everybody is if I ask them, why does God care about you? Well, he made me. Well, he also made the earth. Yeah. Like, so doesn't that afford him something uh, related to it? And I think maybe one of the most important things to actually have a conversation about is actually just what's happening mm. in the earth, like yeah. in creation right now. Um, I think that really is an important piece. I mean, we're seeing half of California burnt to a crisp. Yeah. Um, we saw half of Australia burnt to a crisp. Um, we're seeing natural disasters across the earth. Um, I mean, we had record amount of hurricanes this season, right? Um, that in the in the Gulf, that's scary. Yeah. Um, now, um, if if you're one of those people that doesn't believe in climate change. That's okay. It's yeah. it's not it's not one of the essentials of faith, right? It's not. But what what I would challenge you with is look around. Right? Just try to open your eyes and see what's happening in the earth. Um, how would you explain that? How would you explain these fires? How would you explain um, all of these natural disasters? Or how would you explain that since I've been alive, uh, we live in Texas, 
uh, and specifically Southeast Texas, I mean, there's been a whole years where I didn't ever feel like we had a winner. Yeah. Um, I mean, the lowest it got was like in the 50s. I don't remember the exact stats on this, but in my um, environmental science class um, that I took, I don't know, a couple years ago, we have had about on average um, two or three degree rises over the last like um, 50 years, something like that. Um, like on average, every year it goes up like two or three degrees. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, I think that, that that's a bit off. Somebody yeah, because that would mean correct. that it's a hundred degrees increase. Yeah. If, it, it, if it's year over year. It was something extravagant like that though like it it's actually like a, shocked it's a shocking amount of yeah um so but the point is that this is a real thing yeah i think um, it, and truth is if you've clicked on here we probably don't have to convince you that not. uh climate change is a thing um and i think for most people and specifically educated people um and once again not to disregard all the things we said earlier about fundamentalists but by and large it's the fundamentalists that don't believe in those types of things because they disregard science like that's one of the premises of fundamentalism is to affirm the bible over science um when science actually has some really good things to tell us every time i meet a true fundamentalist it's like oh no don't believe science i'm like do you go to the doctor yeah he's like though that's science right um and so the truth is, you pro- if you're on here, we probably don't have to convince you uh, that climate change is a thing. Um, but I do think it's an important question because we don't talk about climate change in theological or congregational settings. No. We talk about climate change in political settings. Yeah. Which, this is a problem um, because... I don't really know how to say this without giving away where we're going. Um, But by and large, there've been a few areas where the church received a call from God and we let the government take it away from us. So healthcare was one of them. If you drive through the medical center, you'll see Methodist hospitals. You'll see Lutheran hospitals. You'll see St. Luke's. In California, there's a hospital called the Good Samaritan Hospital. Um, like the church took care of healthcare. Yeah, healthcare like that was their job. Healthcare was a church initiative. Yeah, the foster system was a church initiative. Marriage is a ch- an institution of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and the government, like we let the government come in and take these things. And that's because we weren't doing it. The church wasn't doing a good job with it. To some of it, I think we we were not doing a good job with the foster care system. Absolutely not. And so that explains why they took it. But, you know, the government took some other things because there was money in it. Right. Um, But either way, like there have been a few things throughout Christian history that were charges of the church that we just let the government take, like, with very little rebuttal. Um. And one of them is the conversation about creation care. Mm. I mean, that is a charge to the church. That's a charge to the first believer, Adam and Eve, mm. 
Um, to tend the garden. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to dive deeper into that text probably next week, but like that is a charge to the church that we let the government take. And so for me, it's problematic that that conversation exists only in political spectrums yeah. and spheres. I don't like that element of it. Yeah, um, for sure. And And you know what's so funny is... Because I've heard lots of Christians say, and I've even heard people who I wouldn't deem as wholly fundamental um, say that science is BS, right? But um, the, the, the problem is if creation care is a charge to the church and we are supposed to, so, so like say the church took over the EPA. Okay. Say the church took over the EPA. How would we actually monitor climate change? How would we monitor? Right. It would have to be through science. Right. We would. Yeah, absolutely. Like there is no other way. But truth is, I mean, and once again, this is, this is to another point. We use science, even, even people that don't want to hold to science in creation like they use it. Mm. How many people do you know that would have that that position, and yet they would use uh, like a depth finder on their boat, mm. um, or they would use a weather app before they went hunting. Yeah, they they would check to see what time the sun rose, mm. or the sun was going to rise, or the sun was going to set. Like we use science all around us. Yeah, but it's just when we start bringing it to the Bible that people are like, oh, whoa, like. Mm. No, don't don't bring that over Science here. Science doesn't belong in the Bible. Right, and it's like, well, Which, actually, maybe that's just not right. I yeah. mean, maybe the Bible's not trying to compete with science. Like, yeah. maybe, if I could just throw this out here, maybe God's smarter than that. <laughs> maybe God kind of knew that we were going to have scientific developments yeah. when he instilled the inspiration of the Spirit and left gaps for that. I mean, to be fair, every time you get in your car and turn on your ignition, you're using That's science. science. Yeah. Um, so the industrial revolution is scientific. Absolutely. Um, and, and so what, what's so funny though, is God would have had to have created science, like in some way, shape or form, he created the possibility for science. Well, some might argue he creates science depending on how, and maybe maybe depending on how you read the different stories would depict whether you would do this. I mean, you could take it to an extreme like a deist, mm-hmm. uh, or you could take it to an extreme where you just don't do, like God doesn't create anything. Right. Um, but if God is creator, uh, then he also creates natural law. Right. He set up certain institutions to work. Yeah. Right. Like gravity, and gravity is science. Yeah, so the classic uh, deist example would be that God is a master clockmaker, and he mm. sets the clock in motion. Right. Um, now, I think there's flaws with that the deist model, because right, right, then right. God can't act inside of the clock once it's been set in motion. Right. Uh, so it denies any supernatural acts. But if you believe that God created... Mm-hmm. 
which I think to be an Orthodox Christian, you have to, you have to believe at some level, God was the cause of creation, whether that was through the big bang or, yeah. um, or through Adam and Eve in the garden, there was some level God instituted creation. Yeah. Now be on the lookout for an episode coming or a series of episodes coming very soon on pints and perspectives about creation, mm-hmm. because I want to put forward an argument um, that I don't think Big Bang and evolution are removed from the Genesis 1 and 2 narrative. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. I think I've had this. We need to talk about this later. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I, I don't think they're removed, and I don't think that the literary narrative of Genesis 1 and 2 forces you to deny what science has proven. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you need to change. You don't have to, you can't read it super literally. Yeah. Uh, but the foundational elements of the literary device of Genesis one and two, the account, they're not removed from, they're not in contradiction to what science has shown us. Yeah. Um, and so I think if, no matter how you read it, if you believe that God is creator, then you also believe that he made science. Absolutely. And like you, you have to. Well, and, and don't don't forget that Isaac Newton, one of the most famous scientists and mathematicians of all time, was a Christian. And his original intent, you may not have known this, Sir Isaac Newton, mm-hmm. his original, like the thing that he set out to do was try to decide when Jesus was coming back. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like that was the thing that spawned him into science and physics and metaphysics and math. Because he was trying to pinpoint the time that Jesus would come back. That's flipping cool. Yeah. It is cool. It is cool. And I think... Obviously, he never figured that out, but... Yeah. So the conversation took a bit of a twist I didn't think it would take, but uh, it's a good point to bring this up uh, because this is a podcast about faith and culture. And whoever says that culture shouldn't influence your faith hasn't done much study of history yeah. because faith is always influenced by culture. Yeah. And there was something that happened a long time ago and I don't have just a ton of time to go into it, but there's a guy named Copernicus. Mm. So Galileo sets out to establish that um, the earth revolves around the sun rather than the sun revolving around the earth. And he never actually proves it like he sets it out there and he says hey Hattie's Comet is coming back this time yeah well they never get to see it happen right so Copernicus comes on the scene and like he he kind of expounds on Galileo's work and sure enough they prove through science that the earth revolves around the sun and what ended up happening? Well, now, here's the problem. At that point, nobody thought that. Yeah. Do you, I, I think everyone here believes that the earth revolves around the sun. Yeah, at that right? time. Nobody thought that. Yeah. And here's why. Because the Bible said that the earth stands still. Mm-hmm. It's in the Psalms. I can't remember exactly where. Just Google it. You'll find it. The Bible says that the earth stands still, that it is unmoving. Mm-hmm. So everybody said, oh, okay, well, the Bible is the foundation of science. Yeah. And then science came out and said, well, actually, no, that's wrong. And so, go ahead. 
Um, I'm waiting to see where you're oh. going. And so the church yeah. responds and says, gives the big, forget you science, and births a reaction against mm. the scientific revolution, which then spawns at, at a very oversimplified level, fundamentalism and liberalism. Mm -hmm. Like they go to one extreme to the other. Liberalism says we're going to believe science over the Bible. Yeah. Fundamentalism says we're going to believe the Bible over science. And what did we just talk about? The truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And so this is why like conservatives don't believe in in uh, climate change or some conservatives don't believe in climate change because they've been told that science is a lie. Yeah. They've been told that evolution is of the devil. They've been told that Big Bang's not the way it happened. They've been told that science and theology or science and the Bible are irreconcilable. Yeah. And so when someone comes on and says climate change is a thing, they really struggle mm. to see that it's true because it's science. Science is the thing that we don't want church. That is the, the story that Cullen just told about Galileo and Copernicus. Not one of our, not one of our finer moments throughout history. Um, some really bad things took place in that story. Uh, oh yeah. People lost their lives over people. That. Yeah. It was really bad. Um, and it was this fight over science and scripture, which is more authoritative. Obviously, yeah, it's really over the authority, right? Obviously, the Bible is authoritative, right? We can't deny that. But science is science, right? Yeah, it's it's also authoritative, and and I put this out there. Pretty much everybody here believes that the, the Earth revolves around the sun. Yeah, well, like the Bible doesn't affirm that. Yeah. The Bible's actually in contradiction to that. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now that's a really easy one because it's low-hanging fruit, mm. but it's like, okay, like this is what happened. Like that's just history. That's undeniable. I just, I'm sorry. I just thought about like, what does the Bible say about flat earthers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's a good that's something we need to explore. I hadn't thought about reading the Bible through that lens. That's something we need to explore. Yeah, I hadn't thought about reading the Bible through that lens. But I think all that to say, we can't be afraid of science. No. Like, science is a tool that God has given to people. And, like, it's valuable. Um. Science, here's another part. Science has helped us identify the unreached people groups in need of the Bible, in need of the gospel. Yeah. Um, most of the research that you see out there, um, they use the scientific method. Yeah. Um, all psychology, sociology, anthropology, right? Even the social sciences, they're still scientists and they use the scientific method. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'll, I would even venture to say that some theologians use the scientific method to some extent. 
Uh, yeah, for sure. I will tell you that I try to be very scientific in my approach uh, to even just pastoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not I'm not the person that's going to tell you that if you're struggling with mental illness that it's demonic oppression. Yeah. Like no, you you could have illness. you could have mental illness. Like you yeah. could have clinical depression. Um, and that's not not saying that spiritual warfare isn't a thing. Yeah, it's not to say that, but it is to say that mental health is a real thing. And modern medicine has helped. Yeah, for a lot of people. Um, I'm also not the one that to say that if you break your leg, I'm not going to call nine one one and just pray for you to be healed. Like I'm going to pray for you to be healed, but I'm also going to call 911. <laughs> so basically what we're saying is that scripture and science don't necessarily have to fight each other. They might work together. Yeah, they don't have to be in conflict with one another. And if we don't make them in conflict, they're not. They're not. Here's here's the big reveal. I don't think the Bible cares about science. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's what God is trying to communicate in Scripture. Yeah. Like, I don't think it cares. Yeah. It's doing something else. Um, and so with that, one of the things that happened is, and we have to remember this, we view the world through a sacred-secular divide. So we have things that are sacred and we have things that are secular. The ancient world doesn't view the world that way. No. Everything is just what happens. Mm. And it's this mixture of sacred and secular. We need to do this on Pints and Perspectives. But yeah. there's a book called, the, it's titled The Secular Age by a guy named Charles Taylor. And it's fantastic at detailing this out. But... Because we view the world that way, we have made a dichotomy between theology and science that the ancient world never would have seen Mm. because of our worldview. Because someone came in and had evidence and was trying to take authority away from the Catholic Church, the Catholic Church reacted against it, even to the point that they collected all of Galileo's writings and wouldn't publish them because of how dangerous it was to them having supreme authority. Yeah. It was a narrative of power. Yeah. What it what it really comes down to is if science contradicts my narrative, then it can't be true. And the other side. Right. If my narrative is contradicted, or if my narrative is science and mm. the Bible contradicts it, then the Bible can't be true. Right. So that's fundamentalism, mm. which is if science contradicts my narrative, mm-hmm. liberalism is if the Bible contradicts my narrative. Right. So a moderate position, which is what we at Wellhouse try to be, would be somewhere in between. Yeah. Where we say, where we find a way to affirm what science is saying but also stay true to Christian orthodoxy. And if we can find that position, there's room to talk about climate change. Yes. And and that leads us to the end. Um, These next 
few weeks, next couple weeks, I think actually, we're going to be talking about climate change and creation care um, and whether or not we as Christians should actually care about it. Yeah. It, is it something that we should even care? Should yeah. we take the garden approach to tend for it or should we take the Paul approach that all these things will pass away? Mm-hmm. Join us next week to find out.